Hello listeners and welcome to episode 12 of The Great Rift. I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Jamie. Yo, Jamie, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Long day. Really long day, but I'm glad to be home. Warm. Just had the peanut butter and jam sandwich, so I'm feeling pretty good. Eating, yeah. eating like You're a winning. child. Yeah, I, as well, I, I, only, I eat fish fingers, beans and potato waffles now. So. Yeah, Sarah's working late, so I was like, I don't have time to cook. I need to do record. I'm going to have a PB&J. So it's nice. Um, cool. So, Jamie, what are we doing today? This is kind of like a bit of a surprise episode. We weren't planning on this originally, but um, excited nonetheless. What are we doing? Yeah, this is a story that definitely doesn't feature PB and J sandwiches. That's no, for sure. No, <laughs> angry PB and J sandwiches. Angry sandwiches. Yeah, um, yeah. We are gonna go through and review um, the ADB classic and Dempsey Bowden Hell's Reach. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so we're still trying to sort out getting a guest on for a book episode, um, and it will happen, but we want to save that book for when that person's available, so we thought we'd jump ahead one, do Hell's Reach, it's a fucking great book, so let's dive on in. Who is yeah. ADB, what does he do, why do we like him so much, and what is this book about? Yeah, wow, okay, so many questions, Dave. So many questions, do uh, it, fire them off. <laughs> Well, I think this actually. So to start off, this book is was the second in a series of space in a space marine series. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So the first one was um, Rylan's Reach. I don't know. I, don't that know one. The, well, I actually the don't. Was, yeah, I don't know that book. Yeah, I have to check so, it out. But they're all basically set around the Third War of Armageddon. Cool. That makes sense. So, yeah, this is. So we all know Armageddon. We all know. You know, the old campaign series, basically orcs attacking this poor, poor planet that just gets totally fucked every so this single is, time. Yeah, this is the third war for Armageddon, right? So the second one was Gazgal's first assault. The first yeah. one was Angry Ron. It was Angron, I believe, attacked Yeah, it. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to know an interesting so, fact? Yeah. Do you want to know an interesting fact that um, some people don't know about Armageddon? Check. Here's a fact check. Armageddon is, if I remember correctly, Ulanor from the Heresy. It got renamed Armageddon. Oh, I'm 99.9% okay. sure that is correct. Um, someone shout at me and tell me I'm wrong. But yeah, I seem to remember reading that. That that was like a, I don't want to say retconned, that seems unfair. It is a newer, established bit of lore, which is very yeah. cool. I mean, I, I could be wrong. It could have been the truth all the way through. But it, it sort of floated up in a book recently and everyone was like, hang on, what? They're the same planet, but um, it still gets fucked. So it's just yeah. a, so it's even more fucked in its history, basically. Yeah, and it makes sense why so, orcs like, keep going there, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's this is what the whole story revolves around. Um, Gazgul wants revenge, basically. Mm-hmm. Gazgul, so, um, yeah, he's uh, coming back, and Aaron Dempsey Bowden does a good job because. It's not really a story about the war. It's a very small focus on one poor, belated, um, blighted city on Armageddon, the city hive, hive city of Hell's Reach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just a moment on Hell's Reach. So Hell's Reach is like, um, if I remember correctly, looking at the map, it's um, it's a, a dock hive. So it's a, a, it's got its back to the ocean, which divides. Yes. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, there's Armageddon Primus, which is like the middle of the um, planet like the core, and that's where like yeah. the stable is stable to live there, but it's still shit. It's a horrible planet. But then there's the north, which is like the dustlands, and I think is there jungle below, 
And I think, yes, yeah. yeah. So they th- they feel quite safe with their back to the water, which is hilarious. Orcs can't yeah, swim, apparently. Um, yeah, it's prim- so they've got like prim- Promethean oil rigs out in the this massive ocean, and that's what um, Hell's Reach is really doing. It's a refinery. Hive. Yeah, so it's really vital for the war on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so why are we at Hell's Reach? So we're at Hell's Reach because there's the they know they know the orcs are coming, right? The orcs haven't arrived yet. They they just know there's the biggest war ever is heading to to Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. So this book doesn't really go into that that much. It yeah. just basically you sort of you, you you start knowing that orcs are arriving, and um and some and we meet our main character right at the beginning. Who is Grimaldus, Reclusiarch, yeah. mm. a recent just, a brand, just made Reclusiarch. Brand, you get you watch him, yeah, yeah, you watch him become a Reclusiarch, which is cool. Yeah. Um, we meet him, and he's basically saying, well, one of the first lines is, "I'm going to die in this world." Yeah, he's, he's which, convinced he's got a death wish, like he's going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, you probably would think the same if you're being sent to Armageddon, as you know, facing the biggest war that there's ever seen in the period. Yeah, it's fucking mad. So he he the 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 yeah. So before we go into the plot, we we meet Grimaldus as he becomes Reclusia. But what I like is um, everyone knows um, uh, what's his face ha- uh, Halbrecht the um, Halbrecht yeah yeah everyone knows Halbrecht he's, yeah he's the Black Marshal he's in charge of he's got a model he's I love that model to be fair um, he's been around for quite a while he is the one that promotes. Um, Grimaldus at the point and there's one really good quote you said it earlier where um, he Grimaldus is like kneeling in front of him right and Grim, uh, Helbrecht's like backhands him what oh is, yeah it's like straight from um, medieval times I'm sure it's a natural ritual that used to happen but basically just backhands him and goes let that be the last time anyone strikes you without resistance or... yeah and like so, yeah. he hits him it's... hard enough to make him bleed like it, it's not like a nice yeah, little yeah. tap it's a proper it's a gauntleted hand. He's wearing armour. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking insane. Okay, so let's just hover on Grimaldus for a little bit as he's the main boy. What are some of his like traits? Like what is he what's the first thing you feel about him when you read it? Like like what, what what's the big takeaway you get very quickly? Yeah, I think like the whole and for the whole story, the whole point is he's I think he maybe exemplifies the Black Templars in the way that his character he is very dour. That he is He's also very unconfident in his own abilities in a way that he's a space marine and he knows he can do that part. But being a reclusiarch, being he he feels that he is stepping in the shoes of his master, which is Mordred. Yes. I think yep. the name is. Yeah. Um, who was meant to be like this amazing chaplain. Everyone looked up to him. And Mordred said um, that he wanted Grimaldus to be his successor. And there's a lot of people in the Black Templars that don't think he's cut out for it yeah. and he sort of knows this and he he's be so in the story he's being made to lead this crusade and he there's a lot of he just thinks he can't do it he doesn't think he's up to the task yeah he suffers um, from something a lot of people suffer from it's a really identifiable trait i had it for the first year of the job i'm in now that imposter syndrome like where yeah. you think how the fuck did i land this how you know maybe i'm good enough but i don't know if i am and you're right, you get that a lot from him, this um, second-guessing himself all the time. But one thing I really liked is he doesn't show it that much. I think some of his men no. are aware, 
who we'll go into later. I think they one of them even has a discussion with him about it, right? Like later on. Yes, yeah. But on the face of it, he's actually a fantastic chaplain in that role. Like he's a amazing orator. He's you know, there's so many fucking cool speeches from him in this, like where yeah, he's rallying the troops from... and stuff. Yeah, yeah, another joke, isn't it? One of the, uh, when another character mentions like, like get ready for the get ready for Grimaldus's speech. Like you're gonna like this. It's gonna be great. Like yeah, yeah. he's done it so many times to rouse the men that they're all waiting for it now. Yeah, and they're, they're intoxicated by it. Like they get inspired. Kind of his job, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so Grimaldus wears a lot of black, has a skull face, carries a crozier, like most chaplains do. I like that he has a plasma pistol, and I like that his weapons are all on chains. So he has some like the chains bound around his wrists. Very, yeah, very. That's, that's a big thing for Black Templars, isn't it? Yeah. So that you, you can't, you, you know, um, you don't want to lose your weapons. Like you, you won't be able to put down your weapon unless you're you're dead. Literally. Yeah, like, and you can't lose it. It's a thing that was adopted by Sigismund through the um, training pits on um, the Conqueror. It's a it's a it's a world eaters tradition that Sigismund adopted. And then that's just continued through when he became the leader of the Black Templars. And I yeah. really like that. I like that it's almost like a it's a traitor legion thing. And they've sort of kept it going because I guess it makes sense and it looks cool. Um, yeah. So that is our boy Grimaldus. He's the main character. We see a lot of the narrative from him. Um, shall we do a quick run through of the squad that goes with him? Yeah. So as I said, we'll talk about Grimaldus. We'll talk more about him through the story itself. Yeah. But yeah. His squad, um, who we meet, I think one of the first ones we meet is Artarian, okay. which is his standard bearer. Yes, yeah, the one with the funny voice. Yes, yeah. So if you know, me and Dave, we didn't actually read this book. Or I haven't read the book. I listened to the audio book. Yeah, same. Like the full audio book, and the audio book is, I think, one of the best ones there is because it's the guy who does. It. I can't remember the guy who does it, but he is so good in all the voices. He really puts like some emphasis on the characters yeah i really enjoyed the audiobook so um, if anyone hasn't listened to that one it's worth worth a listen even if you've um read read the story i think yeah it's jonathan keeble who like is yeah. one of the two or three main audiobook dudes that they use at black library and yeah he's he, he does so many good accents and voices in this is amazing um and just quickly before we forget the um the the thirteen-part YouTube videos use the same audio, um, yes, and they're fantastic. They're well worth watching. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so we meet Artarian, who has he yeah, has a funny voice because literally, I think the whole lower half of his jaw has been replaced because he took a snipe around in the face to protect which is, Grimaldus. <laughs> yeah, right, which uh, is yeah, amazing. Like, Imagine anyone taking a fucking sniper around to the chin and be still be like, yeah, just you know, put metal jaw on, I'm yeah. fine, carry on. That's mad. So that's so Artarian. So yeah, he's the banner bearer, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a cool quote about him at some point. Like they always say they're fighting, and it's like Artarian has it the worst because one hand is holding onto this banner and which is drawing all the enemy to him. So he only has one hand to either use a sword or a, pl- or a pistol to defend himself, and yet he is still there, taking the, like full force of the enemy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a dude. Yeah, you. It's always the bravest that have to do it, and yeah, you're. Everyone comes after you, so fair play to him. Um, yeah. Who next in the in the squad? Um, so we have. So we we'll start with Kador. 
which is the he's the oldest member. He's at least two hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's been, actually I think he's been fighting with Grimaldus for two hundred years, so he's even older than that. Yeah, so, I forget Grimaldus is an old. I know it sounds crazy, but Grimaldus is an old space marine. I'm quite lucky yeah. to live for that long, like considering their job that they have to do. Yeah. So Grimald, um Kador, he was a sword brethren, but he is now. I guess he's had to leave the ranks. I don't know whether that's just for your. He's. I think it kind of indicates that he's that old that he's no longer really a part of the. Um, either you become like a full on rank, or you just sort of have to go to the step aside in the sword brethren. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I got from the story. Yeah, I'd like to that. pick at that a little bit actually. I can't. Rem- I, I know what you mean. I can't remember the exact wording because um, yeah, we listened to it, but. I seem to remember that being the case that he's yeah he's almost so old that he's had to shift sideways into a command position. But you know who it's like? It's from the Horace Heresy series. Yeah. Our boy in the first three books. Yeah, the half it's herd. like um, is it, sorry. The half herd. Yeah. Yeah, it's like him basically. He's very similar character in terms yeah. of that. He's an older guy that maybe he's had to step aside a bit. In terms of the leadership, and he's not quite ready. He's not quite the character to be a, a, a captain or something, but he's still well respected for mm, mm. Um, just his wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool character. I like him. Yeah. Uh, who next in the squad? Uh, so he, he's his pole opposite is Primus. Ah, uh, yes, the young one, the Swordmaster. Who I would, if we're going to make draw parallels I would say he's a lot like Lucius but yeah. not, not nowhere near a dickhead as Lucius yeah, is but. He, he's, he's not a dickhead am I right in thinking he's the one that he he's a little bit disrespectful though to Grimaldus like is yeah, he the one that like he, he's like, like come on realize he's doing it yeah, yeah 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 he's an interesting character he's very complex like loyal a fantastic swordsman a fantastic space marine but maybe a bit of an issue with um, authority kind of comes across yeah, yeah. I think so there's he, a stage where, yeah, when um, one of the characters is grieving, we won't go into it now, but is grieving, and he says, he says, well, later on, we'll talk about it. But he says something which is would come out like, why would you say that to anyone? Yeah. But I don't think he realizes how it's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an apothecary, uh, Nerova, Nerova, if I remember correctly. Is that his name? Nerevus, I think. Is it Nerevus? There's an apothecary, and he's a pretty integral character throughout. I like that they show that he's an apothecary. Sometimes people forget that they're still space marines. They oh, can yeah, still I fucking think... butcher their way through whatever they need to butcher their way through. Yeah, I think they have one of the harder jobs because, like, they're on the they have to be on the front line and they have to be fighting, but then also operating as well on dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking and they're wearing white. I mean, like, they're drawing people to do them. Yeah, silly. Um, Then there's Bastelan, who I quite like. He's the, like, no-nonsense sergeant type. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's like, your sergeant, sort of, like, you know, your tough-as-nails, straight-talker, yeah. Yeah, and then there's, um, there's a tech marine as well. Um, oh, Jerizian. So yeah. Jerizian is not part of Grimaldus's squad, but he's the forge master of um, the Black Templar's ship. Yeah. So, so he is your head tech marine, shall we say? Yeah. 
of the Black Templars. And a super nerd, as we see later. Yeah, yeah. Can do math like crazy. And he comes. He's, he's, we'll talk about him later in the story, but he is. I really like his character because he has that admech quality, but also mixes it with being a space marine and being a Black Templar. Like yeah. All three fucking conflicting things. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of the the main cast, I guess. I mean, of the Black Templars. There's also a lot of side characters that um, have a lot of weight and are really important. Um, I'd like to talk about the Crone of Invigilata. Um, what is her name? Uh, Zaha. Was it Zaha? Yeah. Yeah. So she Invigilata. is the. Uh, I just love the name Crone of Invigilata. I think it's a really cool yeah. name. But she's the the princeps of Storm Herald. Um, the massive is it the imp- it's an imperator, imperator. Yeah, it yes, has an imperator. on the back. Yeah, so it's a proper proper titan. Um, who's really fucking weird. Lives in a like a a tank, like a amniotic tank kind of thing, and floats around in water, with like no limbs. Um, so grim, dark, and disgusting. Um, yeah, she's like really far gone because I think in like the book Mechanicum you see princeps and they can come out and they walk around and then they get plugged in. She is in the tank. She's had her arms and legs removed, her eyes are removed. She is like full on. Like, she, yeah, she there. is Storm Herald. And what I really like is um, she'll say things in the words, like the copy of the story, but it comes out of her um, like speakers i guess differently for the people at the other side hearing it so yeah. she could be like you're an incompetent fool and it will go you are not doing that correctly like it's yeah. it, there's like a censorship there which i thought was really funny yeah and in the audiobook it's done really well because you've got her natural voice i guess is in her head which is quite soft and calm and then it comes out with the shrill voice yeah, like, yeah. like a like a dalek <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so yeah, she, she's really important, um, and I like her big, big arc of her uh, theme of her character is um, kind of like loyalty and um, honor. Um, you know, she's got the the mechanicum and loyalty towards her home, but also she makes a commitment to Grimaldus, and there's a really good moral, mental tug of war for her throughout the novel, which I really like. Um, yeah, they clash quite often on um, due pro- one big due big process. Yeah, yeah, due yeah. process and and respect of history and all those things. Um, that's very cool. Um, my favourite side character is Andrej, the um, stormtrooper. He's like yes. the comic relief of the book, but I've always had a soft spot for the the the, the comedic hero. Um, but he's like the everyday guy. So he's like a... Is he a sergeant with the Stormtroopers? I think he might... Um, or is he a line trooper? I, I can't remember. I think he might be a... I think he might be of a non-commissioned rank. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. But he's, he's very... Um, he's like of the ilk of like Bronn from Game of Thrones. This kind of... Yeah. Like taking the piss all the time. A little bit used to being cheeky, I guess. I hate the word cheeky. But, but also really fucking efficient and good at his job. And like even yeah. when he's facing death in the, like staring down orcs with nothing but a knife in his hand, he still has something funny to say. And yeah, just really, really well well yeah. crafted character. Yeah, he's a really good character. He's one of those characters you often get in like war movies that 
he knows he's got a bit of luck on his side and he's got so he's got that sort of charm but he's ready to face and deal with the situation as it happens like he's very like i've got a job to do and i'll do it um whatever happens happens but i'm not gonna you know i'm doing my duty but then he, he can sort of have a joke about it as well he's not serious about it so yeah, yeah and that is what 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 the nice sort of um push and or the tug and tug of war for his character there is that He's, he's jovial, he's silly, brilliant at his job, like you said, always achieving everything that's in front of him to get stuff done, no matter what the task that's given to him. But there is, and, but there is this kind of bit that comes through more and more where he's fallen in love with another Stormtrooper, um, a lady, yeah. and he, he's he's desperate to have a life afterwards. So there is this like bittersweet, it's great to be the jovial, funny one, but also he kind of does want a normal life and, and you know, to have normal things that normal people have and i thought that was really well done um i guess it just it made the texture of the character a lot more in um uh, i guess real for me which i thought was yeah very cool. he's definitely one of the and he's a good character that contrasts to grimaldus because they yeah. have several scenes where they interact and they are like kind of pole opposites and yeah just also because they're humans and space marines but they connect which is really good because you don't often get these connections between space marines and humans in books so they have a connection, and then Andres talks about, oh, I want, I'm not, if you tell her, and you want to tell my girl about what I did, and he grants is like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, he doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't, he loses him at that point. Like, Grant is like, I don't understand this romance bit, but yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's completely oblivious to what love is. He's just like, what are you on about? I don't, yeah. you want to wed someone? Okay, what's that? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, there's two other characters that have got like a really sweet, small, smaller story. Um, uh, Major Riken and Adapt Tyro, who kind of hate each other at the beginning. Um, yeah, because they... uh, Adapt Tyro, she's sent to be the bean counter, um, adjutant from High Command, which includes, say, High Command does include the famous character Yarrick, Sebastian Yarrick. Yeah, Commissar Yarrick. Yeah, so he's he's here. So he's like she acts as a a go-to, shall we say, between. The high command and Hell, um, Hell's Reach Hive City. Yeah, I think Grimaldus makes a point of like, I don't really need you. You're like, <laughs> you're kind of pointless, but fine. I I respect your rank. But yeah, she's kind of pointless, and so yeah, the um, Major Iken doesn't. He's they have a falling out and they argue, but it's one of those things you often see in movies where, you know. Always pick on the girl that you fancy in the yeah, playground. Yeah, like um, it, it sounds really daft. It reminded me of um, you've got mail. Have you ever seen that Meg Ryan and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, where like they fucking hate each other, and then you just watch them slowly but surely not hate each other as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah funny. Um, so yeah, they're cool little characters. So it's like again, ADB hitting you in the realism. Like those people, those is you couldn't have a story this dark and depressing just from a space means perspective because they're so yeah. unknowable like they, they they think on a different plane so to get all of these human stories in just brings it to reality which is great I, yeah i think that's the best thing of the story is the interaction between the steel legion and the black templars there's and then also the titan legion there's three different aspects of the imperium that are very different but um 
ATP does it so well that they interact together in their story and they have literally have to work together because they are fucking screwed if they don't. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, and I like that Gramadas holds that all the way through. This kind of um, bureaucracy is a fucking nightmare sometimes. Um, let's just work together. Um, let's fuck the politics. Let's just do what we need to do. Otherwise, we're all dead. Um, yeah. that, come, that comes up. That's a regular theme um, all the way through. Um, there's one more character that jumps out to me, um, going back to the world of post-humans. Um, uh, they, they come up much later in the story, but it's a nice contrast with uh, Vareth, who's um, a salamander's sergeant. So, you know, um, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking at the book right now. I've got the Armageddon Codex from the year 2000. Um, <laughs> and in it is, yeah, you, that's when you've got the rules for Black Templars, Salamanders, and Steel Legion, and Orcs. Um, and I remember, it's the first time I really remember seeing them together. And it's really nice to see them in a story together because it was just like, mmm, nostalgia, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, they, he, he's an interesting character. He's not in it for long, but it's just a really nice, oh, not all Space Marines are these brooding, miserable, religious, crazy people. Some of them are just like there to help out the humans. And that's kind of yeah, what the Salamanders are doing. Give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're always... They're, they like it in all the Horus Heresy books, the Salamanders. They're very much... It's all about protecting the humans and doing what's right to ensure everyone survives. Which is totally yeah. different to Black Templars, which is fight or die. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's between, the difference between religious solitary and human humanity, I guess. Like, having a humanity aspect. There's a bit where Primus is... They have this massive argument. Him and... Bast Bastion, Bastion, the sergeant one. Um, Bastion, I can't what's remember. His name? I can't remember. But they have an argument basically, and he's like, "I, I hate these Salam Primus. Like, I hate these Salamanders. They're always talking, worrying about humanity." And then the sergeant one is like, "What? What? Twelve chapters fight the same? We have all come from different worlds. We've all had different masters, but we've all got one job: is to help humanity." Like he just makes a like, good point of like he, as an older, as an older space marine, he has got that view of that, yeah, I get it, they're different to us, but, you know, you've got to respect where they've come from. So, yeah, it's yeah, a good... Yeah, yeah it's interesting. And I like the salamanders, they're cool, man. Like, oh, I love the salamanders. Flamers. And, I mean, the whoever's moaning about them in, in the book doesn't have a leg to stand on. It's like, uh, you're a... You're a um, you're a second tier chapter. You don't... You're not even... You never were a legion. Salamanders yeah. were. They're an original, so... Back the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> um, so that's that's the characters. Um, so should we go into the story? And I'm I'm conscious that we're making sure that we keep these these episodes tight and we don't go too heavy on on the detail. But I know that you've done some homework, Jamie, and like called out the the key points. Where uh, I, the beginning is a good place to start. But where do you want to start at the beginning? Yeah. So we we talked about. Um, so we mentioned the bit on the very beginning is. Grimald is being made a chaplain reclusiarch, so we talked about that, and then we almost get thrown straight into like them making Planetfall, and um, there's a nice bit where Hellbricks like he introduces himself to um, the Steel Legion, and then he just says, oh, "I brought my, I brought my chapter," and just like a load of Thunderhawks come flying across and stuff. So yeah. That's a nice bit, but basically we meet him and Sebastian Yarrick's there, and there's a mention of like the space room is like his name 
even his name is a name we have to respect. Mm. So there's a like he's that famous, and he's really old at this point as well. Like he's yeah. There's there's a <laughs> there's a big chunk of, like it's like sixty years between the two wars or something. Like if I remember, like all the elderly people on Armageddon remember the first war. Yeah, and like, he was there so, at that point. So anyone doesn't know Yarrick, he the hero of the second one, I think, isn't he? Hero yep. of the second war. Yeah, he, he killed a war boss with his arm ripped off. So yeah. took took the he war took... boss's arm. <laughs> yeah, so he walked around with a giant crab, uh, power claw. Yeah, he's um he basically tells them that there's a massive um, war coming. Um, our estimates of we can have an orbital battle and our estimates is that we can hold them off between four and nine days then they will make pla- they will make planet fall like there's no question on that it's just how long they can hold them off um and then the, the cities just have to defend themselves basically <laughs> He's yeah like, that's that's the directive isn't it it's like yeah each on your own and don't expect any help once once it happens you know yeah and the, and the, the other point he makes is hades hive hades from the second war they, they're kind of guessing that is going to be blown apart from orbit because the orcs are going to want revenge because that's where their second war was stopped in yeah. Hades Hive. So he's like, that hive's fucked. Like, they're going to blow that apart. So, yeah. And then um, Helbricht says that he's, he's, t- he's the highest ranking, I guess, highest ranking person in the Astra- Astartes. So he is going to lead the orbital war and he suddenly out of the blue to Grimaldus's surprise Grimaldus at this point is like oh, I'm not going to die I'm going to be in orbit I'm going to be taking it to the enemy you know boarding ships yada yada and then Helbert's like now we have to leave a presence on the planet Yeah. and Grimaldus you're leading it and Grimaldus is like in front of everyone in front of other astralities in front of the legion and he openly like says you cannot do this to me you cannot do this to me yeah he's not impressed like, that his first mission yeah. as Reclusio is being abandoned on a planet and it very much implies that he feels like he's... Um, well, that doesn't very much implies, but... You get the impression that maybe this was how Albrecht was going to get away with promoting him and pleasing everyone else. was like, well, yes. we put him on that planet. It, you know, it's a power move. If he survives and he wins, he earned his place. If he dies, you guys win. We'll hire someone else. Like, Yeah, exactly. But that's how I viewed it. and I, That's me being sceptical, but I wouldn't put it past a Space Marine captain to be politically minded. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't like Grimaldus. He just he knows, first of all, the Emperor's champion, um, Belial, is it? Mm-hmm. He's not a fan of him. He voted against him. Jerizian, the Forge Master, didn't want him to become Reclusiarch. So he knows it's a very difficult position that he's in. So chaplains are meant to lead crusades. So, yeah, I'm going to leave him on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. A test, test by fire, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, yeah. It kind of goes okay, I guess. Um, cool. So they're on the ship, and then they make planet fall. And they have a little bit of time, don't they, to sort their shit yes. out? So they get dropped off at Hell's Reach, and they're introduced to all the officers of the Steel Legion. So the Steel Legion being led by Colonel Saren, who I really liked, actually, because initially you think this guy's going to be a complete inept. Like, this guy is like an idiot. He's not, you know, he's... Um, portrayed as quite a bit overweight, etc., etc., and a bit bumbling. But as the story goes on, he really like gets his shit together. He has a plan, does it well, and um, he makes some really hard decisions on like having to leave people behind and etc. Mm. And Grimaldus actually respects him for that. He's like, "You've been up for like 
four days and you're human and you're making decisions like that, I have to respect it. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell that he's fucking tired as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, very cool. He meets him and he meets... uh, Who else has he got? He... He goes and meets the visual artist, doesn't he, at this point? Yes, yeah. Uh, Barasaf, who is the lead of the fighter squadron... Um, jets who play a sort of an important role. Oh yeah, all. yeah, they're, they're a great little story actually. The fighter jets. Yeah, yeah, they're important. Great Battle of Britain esque. Yeah, the... yeah, it's the it's the reverse of what happened in history, isn't it? It's the <laughs> we can fight them off for as long as we can, and it does go well for a while, right? They're, they're, all these fighter jets going out bombing like their what is it they land on? They land in rocks, don't they? The Yorks. They land yeah. on like, big rocks with thrusters on them, and they, they just spend ages shooting them down. Quite cool. Yeah, and what they do is near the right very beginning is they um, before the orcs were really setting up. They, so they you can see the orcs like building crap in the in the planes, and they're going to build. They got fighter jets, so he leads a leads his squad out and literally obliterates all the orc jets in the airfield before they can get started. So during the whole war, the orcs don't really have any air attack, yeah. which is a good good thing, good benefit. Yeah, but um, yeah. And so Barisov will introduce him, and he's like, I've fought with Black Templars before. And he's like, and Grimaldus like, oh, I've got to respect someone who's got the cross, the Iron Yeah, cross, they get, they get the, they're allowed to wear the cross on their plane, aren't they? Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Like, that's, I think all the Black Templars give them the nod. Like, okay, yes, cool, yeah. yeah, you're one of us. Um, he's a little bit reckless, he's a little bit, um, he, I think he dies, he, he does die fairly on, he... Um, gets shot done and he ends up in the middle of the orcs and just gets butchered. Oh, he parachutes but, out, yeah. doesn't he? He parachutes yeah. out over... Yeah, he parachutes out. It's early, early on in the war. Parachutes out, um, runs around for a bit with like a las pistol and then just comes out of some smoke into like an open space and there's just orcs everywhere. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we get a really cool bit where Grimaldus is basically going, and in the book it's great, it's just like almost a chapter of like, we went through army uh, targeting schedule, we went through provisions, we went through civilians, we went through this, and it's like, this lasted for nine days. (laughs) It's just great. Yeah, it's a very good scene. Yeah, so Grimaldus is having to do admin, essentially. Yeah, and he can like process it. He's like, you know, got you know, uh, computer brain. He can just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's he just him sat there basically for nine days going through numbers. Yeah, bless him. Just um, so he can like have an idea of what you know, what how to make a plan. But yeah, he's he's not a big fan of this. No, it's not his way. He's putting his skills. Um, okay, it's so he would love it. So he's met the. You meet the, all of the leaders early on. Then he goes and meets in Vigilatus. A vigilata, and kind of has to um, not strike a bargain. He makes he makes her commit to fighting to the end, right? Because he's not convinced that yeah, they're so very aware. Off, yeah, she could go off to the river and with the rest of her legion, or she could stay and defend the city. And he he's he has this thing where he stands off at the bottom of the titan he basically goes to the titan because they have a a princeps guy in the city and he's like oh you can't meet her you know that's not how we do things and he's like well fuck you i'm gonna see her and he oh, like, yeah. stands up at the bottom of the legion uh, the, the titan is like shouting up at her and she's like booms down like come and see me and um she asks to see his eyes like he says i want to come and see you face to face and she's like well you've got your helmet on this is not face to face so he takes it off, which is a big honour, because not many people see 
you know, to the chaplain take his helmet off is quite a big deal. Yeah. And she's like, you have kind eyes. I will fight for you. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's some threats involved as well, though, from Grimaldus. Doesn't he have his, like, Thunderhawk hover outside of it? and being like, later on. That's oh, later. right, that's, that's later. That's okay. maybe again. Yeah. yeah, rewind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, there, is a ten, there is a tension there still, but it's, it starts off on okay ground where she, she does commit to help the Hive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So we've met everyone, um, and it's kind of like, right, this is, this is it. Um, and it does just happen really quick, doesn't it? There's a ship that lands, like a strike cruiser or something. Um, yes, so on the third night, it says um, they, a ship lands, it's, from the sh- it's an old ship from the Shadow Wolves, and Grimaldus remembers the Shadow Wolves, because that, that Legion got, chapter got totally wiped out, and he said it was a beautiful last stand, is what he described it as, where they literally were just fighting to the last man on their homeworld, yeah. with like sticks in their fists, and they were fighting with the Black Templars, and they, apparently, yeah, he just... So it's beautiful, which is a weird way to describe a massacre, but yeah. Yeah, if, just so, holding yeah, on the Shadow Wolves. To... The Shadow Wolves, if I remember correctly, um, I'm just looking at it online now. I am certain. Yeah, listen to this. The Warhammer 40,000 author Aaron Dempsey Bowden helped to invent the Shadow Wolves Space Marines chapter on behalf of his wife, Katie. How nice is that? He made them. She she yeah. loved the pre heresy. I'm just reading. She loved the pre heresy Lunar Wars so much that ADB created a chapter and plugged it into one of his books as a sort of, um, I guess, like a love letter to her, which I think is yeah. really cute. And then he killed them, which is hilarious. And then he wiped them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, here you go, my darling wife. Here's a space ring chapter I've put into my own book. I've used up word character count to put them in, but I'm killing them all. And it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> So they go out, basically, um, there's an argument about what should we do as a ship, and they're like, well, we could just blow up the Legion to give an overwhelming victory to start off, and Grand is like, I'll give you an overwhelming victory, time to set my knights on the field. And he just goes out with all 100 of them, because there's 100 Black Templars with him in this city, and he goes out with all of them, and they just fucking... It's really easy, it's like picking a gate, like rabbits off to them a bit it's just a few stragglers in a ship but, but it is yeah, intentional it's a good interaction it? when it's it is intentional the show of strength right i'm pretty sure yes. he sends it all out so the city see the space marines doing their job yeah it's just, yeah that it's an overwhelming victory so that it's, they start off on a good foot yeah he's like i know it means nothing in the end but we need to yeah show them and uh, this is where primus in his arrogance is um like you know a bit like Lucius in the story, just like, you know, flicking orcs with a sword and killing them. And then he gets, like, zapped by, like, a taser, like, a super taser that just makes his armour go dead. Yeah, and they and toy with him. Like... Yeah, they toy with him, don't they? And yeah. They very nearly kill him. And then, uh, yeah, Grimaud just has to come and save him, basically. So, yeah. yeah, hilarious. There's a bit of humbling of Primus at that point, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So they smash the shit out of that ship and then they go home. I'm pretty sure it all kicks off after then with the sirens. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, all the orcs start landing now. They just, like, landing craft after landing craft just start landing in, the, like, there's a big desert plain outside the city. So they just see, it's like, I think at the point it gets to, like, millions and millions of orcs at one point. But this is, to, to start off with, this is just, like, I imagine it's just the boys. Like, there's no real, 
like mech sort of things. Yeah, 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 you're like, right. Uh, it's just hordes and hordes of dudes, orc dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like the most, uh, they say like the orcs have been on these ships for like months and months. And so you can just imagine all these orcs just like, just, oh, I want to run out. And it's not like the clever orcs, you know, like the real battle's not tonight, the real battle's in the next month. But these are the ones that, like just so totally berserk. They're like, the orcs are like, yeah, mate, just go for it. Just run yeah. at the wall, go for it, mate. Yeah. And so, they, yeah. Yeah, the shit, the, the 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 Hell's Reach just casually bombards the shit out of them for days, right? They just switch yeah. on all their guns and are just like, yeah, just get rid of them. So they, uh, they have like one night battle, one day and night battle, and um, this is where Grimaldus gives his first amazing speech, and it's yeah, and it's like a two pages worth, and I put I put a bit of it up on our Instagram today. Where he's like, they cannot hear you, brothers. And it just, yeah, it's quite a right, you know, listen to the audiobook and that bit is, you'd want to listen to it like, before going playing sport or something. It'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like I said earlier, his speeches are fucking great in this. They're really, really. Yeah, mo- yeah I'd want to beat the shit out of an orc with my bare hands after hearing him scream at me. Yeah. So we have that bit, and um, they, they fight back the orcs, and they're like, and it was tough though. So this is the point is like it was really hard, and that was just like basically orcs in like no armor, and you just want to run at a wall. So like, oh shit, okay, we've got months of this. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, daunting, I think. Um, yeah. So my mind's a bit foggy because I listened to it. Was it last month? Um, am I right in thinking it's a lot of pitch battles for? There's, there's it's just like an ongoing battle, isn't it? Um, with peaks and troughs of other things going on around it. It never really ends. Sorry, it never it never pauses, if I remember correctly. The orcs kind of just no. attack from every angle all the time. Yeah, so this, at this point, um, we had that initial attack. Now the orcs are now in the background. They're building their gargants and mechs and out of all their landing craft. So this is the point where there's a slight lull while the orcs are doing that. Um, but as, yeah, as you say, from then on, it is just constant, like, guerrilla street battles, basically. Yeah, and I like how Grimaldus sends, as, as any, any space marine would, he uses his, his dudes um, effectively, so they don't just have a place they defend, they're constantly roaming backwards and forwards between different areas. Like, um, yes. I know yeah. it's jumping forward a little bit, but there's a scene where they're on fucking motorbikes, and it is so cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the, the big part of the story as well in Hell's Reach is there's a main highway that goes through the city, and it's called the Hell's Highway. Great name. <laughs> is that, that is a guitar riff <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. ACDC. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, basically if the Orcs get to that, the city's really fucked because then they can get to the they can get to basically up and down the highway they can get to any part of the city really quickly rather than through like side streets so they basically their plan is to sort of stagger back and just take make the orcs pay in blood for each inch they take up and then try and hold the highway as long as possible mm. so that, that's the plan yeah it's a sensible um, plan. and yeah it's a, as I said there's a hundred black knight templars with him which um, it's quite a, it's quite a force. It know. sounds like a lot, and they it's should, you know. Uh, there's, there's that saying from Rogel Dawn, isn't there? It's like, if you want me to take a planet, give me ten space marines or whatever it is. It's something along those lines. Um, yeah. So a hundred should be able to conquer a fucking system, but the, it just shows the scale of the orc problem. That there's a hundred Black Templars defending a city, and it's not enough. It's definitely not enough. Yeah. 
that's, I think that's what's good in this book is the scale. It's you never don't know what the scale is. But ADB really like hammers home, and you really feel it. Like some more stories, you don't get the scale. You just like small battles, but in this one, you do. It's mm. like it's huge. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree. So, um, what's the next big milestone in the story? There's um there's a oh, when he goes. Oh, go on, go I was going to say the next the next bit is where. Um, Grimald just finds out there is something hiding in the desert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, oh, there's all these guards. They're called desert rats, They're like guard groups. Um, they're like guarding ammo dumps of when people have to leave the hive. They've got ammunition to try and take, so they can fight back and take back the cities. And he's like, but there's an installation that isn't an ammo dump that's really heavily guarded. And it just clicks to him like he knows the history of the whole planet. Like some guard, and it's been like expunged from records by the Admech, but he knows the history. And he's like, I think that's where this Armageddon Ordinatus, mm. basically Armageddon one big gun that basically won the first Armageddon war. It's a super super gun, and he thinks it's 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 there. It has to be there. Yeah, so, that's so he, why he goes on a little side quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, side quest, side quest. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Mario jumps down like the Ooh, tube, and he goes yeah. to an underground bloop, bloop, bit where he collects all the coins. That's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, but the coins are a massive super cannon. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this is where we meet Jerizian, the Forge Master, yeah. and he has the task of awake. Well, first of all, breaking into it, which takes. It's great. It takes him nine hours to get to the like, He goes through door after door after door, breaking code. And yeah, it's, 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 it's ever-evolving code, isn't it? Like So every time he tries to yeah. grab the code mentally, it, it it multiplies. So he's constantly yeah navigating this. It's like the Matrix, but insane. Very, very well done. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he gets to the last doors and he's like, um, is like, okay, right, this is... Inside is this, is, we believe it's a super gun. Can you open it? And Drizzen's like, I mean, I can try. It, it's just, it may take me weeks, months, years, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, he's, he's like, like give, give me, me my all of the servitors. I need as many servitors as possible. And he basically goes into like a meditative state, right? He has to plug yes. into it and then he's just there, just doing it. And he's doing it for so long, some of his servitors just die because I guess yeah, he forgot to charge them up and around. stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that's he's going doing on, that. Right? And then comes back from that, and then Zaha, Prince of Zaha, finds out what he's doing, and then this is where they have the, the first big confrontation. Yeah. So there's a bit of um, uh, Adeptus Astartes slash Mechanicum, sort of. You don't have any right to use that weapon, and especially the holy connotations for the Mechanicum. You know, it's. It's a weapon that's been put to bed. It's our weapon. Yeah. Like it's resting. You do not have the right to to, to awaken it. Um, and she kind of like threatens to leave, right? Yes. So yeah, she says um, only like the head ordinatus tech priest, and he has to awaken it. Like you can't. You've got to do litanies to appease the machine spirit if it, you know if you wake up otherwise it's just going to go fucking nuts yeah which i always think is weird in 40k because you're like they're just machines but there are machine spirits it's kind of that weird yeah um, yeah 
But the Empress says there are no gods, but the machine spirits. So yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's very odd. But Grimaldus is kind of like, well, I need every tool at my disposal, and this one won the last war, so I'm going to get it. Yeah. But he does strike a deal, doesn't he? There is like a kind of contract in place to use it. Yeah. Um, well, he first of all he threatens her with like she makes a threat, and then he just says four Thunderhawks just uh, appear, and he's like. Well, you will never get your void shields up, first of all, so you kind of have to do what I say. Else I'll just blow your... I'll like, blow, yeah, I'll blow myself and you away, just to make a point. Yeah. yeah. But I think he said, tells her that he's going to use it once, and then she, they can have it back, basically. I yeah, think, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the deal is, I get one shot, and then I'll give it back. Which is quite cool. Um, risky, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Trying to think what the next major milestone is after this. There's um there's like I said, there's ongoing battles, but is when does the docks happen? Is this just after I feel like it's soon. Where the uh, orcs yeah. try a different route. <coughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, the first the next bit, yeah, the docks do happen, which is a good bit, but just before that is when Storm Herald goes like fucking nuts. What does Stormherald do? I can't remember. You have to remind me. Okay, yeah. So this is the bit where uh, Zaha's fighting and one of her Reaver Titans gets killed and like the shockwave goes through the Neurosphere, like their connection as a Legion, and it just like fucking cripples her. And she just like, I've got to avenge it. I've got to avenge it. And like everyone's like, no, well, you have to wait for your Skatari. You have to wait for like ground support. And she's like, no! And she just like runs towards one of their orc mechs. And then the orcs just bring a building down on her. They, like several buildings down on her. Oh yeah, they trap her from the waist up, don't they? Just yeah. with brick. <laughs> like, so, orcs are cunning, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These clever. They did it to the Reaver and then she just falls into exactly the same trap. Yeah, stupid. And then this is where Storm Herald like, takes over and she just she's dying, basically. And the princeps is like... Um, there's orcs are like going jumping on on the and they're going through the cathedral and like they're killing all the tech priests, which is really cool. I like that bit. It's like she said, there's like ants crawling all over your skin. She can feel, I can feel it. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. I feel it in my bones and stuff like that, like a cancer. Yeah. And then Grimaldus and Co. appear out of nowhere with jump packs. Right, they land on yeah, the, they land on the cathedral and just butcher their way through. Yeah, there's a bit where they meet, like they land on the square on the cathedral and they see um all the good statues of all the good Primarchs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they don't look right. No, yeah. They're, they're kind of a bit weird. Position. Yeah. Yeah. But like, they do they do, they, they do. see Dawn and they're like, yes, awesome. Yeah. Daddy! Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dad. Father! Yeah. <laughs> and they went to the story, which I think is happens in lots of stories where they talk about Horace and they always say he was closest to someone closest to someone and this story is oh Horace was closest to Dawn and they were brothers in blood but have you noticed in other stories it's always like Horace was closest to Fulgrim or Horace was closest yeah. to Sanguinius yeah. there's always this weird it's thing going on yeah it's, it's everyone thinking everyone is their best mate yeah basically yeah. Yeah. Horace was best mate with everyone well probably not <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah 
Yeah, not so, really. Yeah, they have yeah. The, and he cleanses, like, he, he gets rid of everyone on the thing, and he's, like, basically shouting at, the, out, at her. He's like, stand up! Stand up! Yeah, yeah, you've got to stand like, or you're the dead. Space Marine, space Marine standing underneath a Titan, just shouting at, like, <laughs> a child shouting at a parent, like, stand up! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good scene. It's a really good scene, actually. Um she goes a bit loopy, doesn't she? She's not quite all there because the the Titan takes over. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then they do get out, and then I think I think this is when the the docks happens, right? Yeah. So then we get. And I really like this bit because this added a new element to the game, uh, to the game, to the story, which reminded yeah, me of the game, definitely. where because in that codex, there's there is a militia, like a like a militia part. And that really comes out in this, where they're like, oh my god, the docks are completely undefended because we didn't think the orcs would come from that direction. And they've built a shit ton of boats and like ships and stuff to get across. So they just like... Yeah, submarines. Yeah, they round up all of the militia and basically put guns in their hands. And like, I really like how they distribute the stormtroopers through, through those groups. So you're no longer operating as stormtroopers, you're operating as leaders of these militia squads. I thought that was yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the orcs... Yeah, they build space... They're, they're like, oh, these orcs are over here, but they're too far away for, like, to fly to us and bomb us. So they kind of ignore them, not realising the orcs are building submarines to travel across the sea. Yeah. And they, they find out, because, like, this oil platform is, like... Oil platforms just start blowing up, and like, the, the last one, oil platform just just in time radios hell's rich says like they're coming and then before they just like blow up as well yeah it's fucking grim yeah, yeah. never so, underestimate um, an orc yeah uh so we meet another character who's the dock master tomaz magherson magherness mm-hmm. magherness yeah I remember um, he's a cool character yeah, he's, he's like been. recently divorced sleeping in the docks um and he's the one that puts forth they're like they have a meeting they're like well what are we going to do because we can't get all the civilians out and get the army in because it's going to block all the roads. Um, what, yeah, what are we going to do? And he's just like, well, arm us, arm the dock workers. Like, we'll defend our docks. We know it best. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. It's a very much like a... I love anything which is when normal people get put in those situations. Like, fucking... Have you seen the film Red Dawn? You know, from the 80s? where the Yeah. It's like that. Like, people rising up and defending their homes and stuff. I just think it's cool. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then by him, we are introduced back to Andre again. Yeah. And we have a funny scene where he's like talks to him. He's like, "Oh, I want to meet this girl again. So you know, you better, you better help me fight." And <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's really, really good in this. He's very, um, um, yes, yes. Follow me. I'm good. Yes. Like he's got a really funny yeah. Russian accent, which I think is really cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's a good scene. So the, the docks get assaulted. And you know it's not it's not good for the dock workers. I mean they get fucking butchered left, right, and centre. These are still orcs. But who comes to save the day? I mean I know the Black Templars put their weight in as well, right? But is this this is when we see the salamanders, right? Yeah. So they're they're holding their own in the docks, but at this point, um, obviously they're radioing the, the the orbital fleet is coming like keeps retreating and then coming back to like help defend and stuff and um the salamander chapter master sushan he hears the plight of hell's reach in the docks so he's like i have one 
like company left in orbit. I'm gonna get them to drop pod in, defend the civilians, and then once they've done that, so they're gonna come and meet me by this rip, like defending other parts of the city. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's es- es- yeah, it's escorting civilians, isn't it? That's that's their main job. They've got to go yeah, to do that really, after. Because in the dock is all the underground shelters where all the civilian population are hiding. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's, it's, that is not Grimaldus's like main like. Point priority really. He, he does want to defend them, but he's like, I need to hold the docks, not necessarily. I need to defend the shelters. Yeah, yeah, it's different, different way, uh, different views of uh, priority, which is yeah. really interesting. But I, lo- I love the scene with the salamanders because the Black Templars are just holding on, like just holding on, and they start getting a little bit overrun, don't they? And then the sat these like fucking drop pods just start landing, and just like flames flying out of them like flamethrowers everywhere and plasma fire and bolt fire and so that Grimaldus is just like yeah let's do this and it like re- <laughs> reinvigorates everyone to push the orcs back so yeah. good there's a really nice um, sorry go on at this point the Puffer Cage is like in the scene when they land and he's like taking a fucking like axe into his chest and he like pulls it out and he's like I'll live. It's like, oh god. Yeah, there's something really interesting actually. The orcs use a lot of spears in this, which I was really surprised by. Um, yeah. It's not something I've seen in 40k or heard of, but ADB's yeah. introduced this weapon, which is re- it really fucks over Space Marines because they're just like big metal poles, like a pike or a spear, that orcs use to jam at Space Marines and almost hold them in place. Because they've obviously worked out, you know, they're one on one, they'll probably beat an orc every time, but enough restriction to movement an orc has a better chance of clubbing his head in um, yeah like, but there's obviously soft bits in their arm it's like well stick in the soft bit hold him down and just like fucking overrun him yeah yeah there's um, open, like a can of tuna yeah tasty tuna there's um a really good scene um where with uh and and is andre andres um whose squad of of dock workers find a dead black templar and it's the first one they've seen and he, he just has the knowledge that not only do they revere their dead and respect them, but they actually need them because of he, he has like some knowledge of the, the, the glands that have to be collected by the apothecary. Yeah. So he makes a conscious effort to... Don't they try and drag the marine? They like full-on pull him away yeah. and hide him hide while him fighting off body. orcs like, like all the way. Like, and these are just dock workers and a stormtrooper. It's really well but done. Yeah, that marine like saved them, didn't he? Like jump packed in and held off the orcs while they got away. Or like, yeah, you're them. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he says something like, to them. He he does like have a conversation with them as 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 they're dying. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. tells them like, yeah, I need you need to make sure my body, they know where my body is or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that 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 gets Andre his first like proper meeting with Grimaldus of like. Full oh, yeah, because then he saves Grimaldus' life. They're being Grimaldus is about to be overrun, and he like appears, like flanks the orcs from the above, and like he just peppers them with like a heavy. He has like a heavy las rifle, doesn't he? So he yeah. just like, peppers the orcs, and then Grimaldus is like, "Oh, I have to thank you." And he's, this is when Andrej is like, "Oh, we'll just he does a really funny thing where he's like, oh, well, you know, you can repay me by like, telling my captain like what I did.' So, yeah, you know, I like a <laughs> bargain, bargain. Yeah, you scratch my yeah. back. Yeah." Yeah, so um, the the docks happen. That's kind of like when it really ramps up. Where like I know it feels like we're going quite fast, but there is just a lot of combat going on. It's not bolter porn. I never. I'm not implying that, but 
it's a lot of pitch battles that have different relevancies. But for me, the docks was the one where it's like, oh god, you're like, this is like the helm's deep of of the story. Like it's going to yeah, go wrong very soon. Yeah, like they're already struggling to keep them back on one end, and now they're suddenly being attacked from the dock side as well. It's yeah, just, yeah, which they thought was safe. Um, so again, so I'm just gonna say, I'm conscious we want to try and keep these episodes tight. So what are the next like? couple of milestones that get us towards the end that really stand out for you um so then we go back to Drizian mm. in um waking oberon yeah and man. he finally like i think it's like 30 it's almost a month it's a long time i'd say like 30 days i think he's yeah i think he's working might. on this code just and, meditating um, meditating doing math the whole time yeah yeah and he finally breaks it yeah and this is when he turns around and he like looks to his servitors and they like he's like oh they were useless after an hour like they were pointless and then they turn around they're like all dead because all the biological parts have just degraded away already yeah yeah um he gets in there doesn't he and it's not easy there's like a sentient guard yeah that's like murder death kill uh (laughs) like logic in it and because this thing has been like locked up for a hundred years though it's still it's like not operating fully but even he has a tough time so I would have thought if he met it like when it was okay, he might have been fucked. So yeah. It's yeah, quite a, yeah, it, it a fucks point. him over. It it beats the shit yeah. out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets um, yeah. he gets the gun and doesn't he load it up on a thunder hawk and fly it out? No, it has like a grab. Um, it it has like grab things. Oh yeah, yeah. I just imagine it's a big like you know rail guns from World War One that used to go on like train lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine a bit like that. Just choo choo, motherfucker. Yeah. And it flakes, but he's like, I can't. He tells, he's like, I've woken it, but I can't. I'm only one man, and usually he needs like 10 tech priests to run it. Yeah. Like, I can get it to, I can get it to move and shoot every once, every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Good thing so, you only got one shot, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah he's, he's like, I'm coming to all of you, but it's going to take me a couple of days, and I can only got one shot, so, you know. Pick your target. Yeah. And he um, doesn't want to do it either. He he's like really adamant. He's like, this is against Admech and I'm a forge master. This is not right. But you're higher ranking than me, Grimolder. So I have to respect your command. Yeah, yeah. So he takes the gun. He takes the, the cannon to to Hell's Reach, and then this is when the mega mega gar- gargant is smashing the shit out of the city. Right? It's isn't it bigger than the Imperator? Imperator? Yeah. So, the Mega Gargant Godbreaker. What a name. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, I think a, they said like it, it already literally destroyed another hive single handedly. Like, like, the next hive over, it like, once it was built, it just walked in and destroyed the whole city in the day. And then it, then it came over to Hell's Reach. They're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. So it smashes the shit out of the Vigilatus stuff, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, so quite takes, easy. Yeah, it takes down loads of them, and then it, like, faces off against Storm Herald, and they have, like, a... <laughs> it sort of basically runs at it, and they get, sort of get hooked together. Yeah, they get like, stuck. Yeah, and it's like, they're literally blowing shits out of each other. And there's a really good bit where the princeps is, like... 
they start trying to vent the plasma gun. It's like, it's, it's got to cool down before it can fire, fire. It's like venting. And it's like, it's almost ready. And it's like, oh, but the stabilizers are not ready. And then he's like, I've got the shot. I've got the shot. He said, no, no, you got to wait. And he fires and he completely misses. And he's like, I had the Fuck. shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he's like, like, you killed us, you, you son of us. a bitch. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't he shoot him? Doesn't the other gunner so, turn yeah, around yeah. and just shoot the guy that fired the plasma cannon? Because he's just like, you've killed us all, and just pulls his pistol out and blows his head off. Yeah, I think when they realise that they're, they're going to die, like he just like, like, fuck you! <laughs> yeah. Fucking brutal. Um, so that's all kicking off. Um, is, this is when the uh, Grimaldus has signalled the final stand. So they've lost like all of the sectors, and they've you know they're down to their they're counting their pennies really, but they all um, they 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 go to the chapel in the middle um, of the city. Chapel of the Emperor Ascendant. Yeah, which is run by the um, Sisters of Battle, which is nice to see Order them. Of the Argent Shroud. Never, yeah, never seen them in a book before, which was quite cool. I obviously don't. Yeah, I've never read any of the Sister Battle books. Yeah, so I really like, like I really like them. I thought they were really they added a new flavour to the story, which is cool. Yeah, there's an old lady that runs them, and she's like arguing, and she's like, "Bring me my armor." Yeah, <laughs> she like comes yeah. out in like this pristine white power armor. You're like, oh crap! And it literally old says, it, "It literally yeah. says in the book like, um, both halves of the armor will be sprung across the floor in the next hour." That kind of thing. Like, yeah. it implies that she just gets torn in half the second an orc walks through the door, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So. Yeah, the, the the Black Templars and, and the Steel Legion have all retreated back to the chapel with the Sisters of the Battle. And it's kind of like the last stand. It's like, oh, great, this Godbreaker's coming. Um, and the, the Stormheld, if I remember correctly, they're stuck in that embrace with the Titan and they do just fire their cannon into it repeatedly. And then doesn't yeah. the um, the Godbreaker just smash the head the Titan's head off? And it like, yeah, sends it flying. Like, yeah, yeah. And you can like, apparently they can see like the orc war boss in it. It's just like whooping. I just imagine loads of orcs climbing over it and like jumping and dancing, like Way! just loving life. Yeah. So that's the end pick, of Invisible Doesn't it pick Arthur's. up the head as well? I think maybe it picks up the head like a trophy and like. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah, and somehow one of the pe- one of the crew survive, and they get out. Oh yeah, that's just. He gets yeah, out, and turns around, like... and there's just orcs everywhere. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I forgot about that character. He's. I can't remember his name, but he's like a priest in the temple on the back of the thing, and he's like, I think at one point when they're clogged up, he sees like civilians, and he wants to get out, doesn't he? And he wants to help the civilians. Oh no, they're, they're, they're a different character. So you know, you're right. That Boy. guy's in the chapel with. Um, he's the one that lectures the younger Adeptus the 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 um, sisters of battle, that her standing on guard in the room and not talking to the people is making them nervous. Yes, that's yeah. him. Yeah, he's the one that leaves the chapel and just goes to help the people because he's found like his new calling, which yeah, I thought was I like really his cool. Story because he's um, yeah, like, he's walking down the Titan and he meets that secretary like halt. And he's like, oh, I want to leave, and they're like, what? And it doesn't like like it's part of their programming is like no one they're not like built to question like leaving the Titan, so they don't know how to like stop him. So he's like, I'm leaving, and they're like. Oh, no one leaves. I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah, really funny. Um, it's like a loophole in their program. Yeah, yeah he's found the, the loophole that fucks their minds over. It's really cool. Um, so, yeah, if I remember correctly, this is when Godbreaker's coming at the, the chapel. 
And that's it, the orcs just start swarming in, and this is when all the Black Templar characters just start dropping like flies. Yeah, so there's, at this point, there's. So early in the book, we have like, it's like a page where it's like described at one point what happened to every gene seed of every Templar that died. It says, Templar died in this sector, yeah. body not recovered, gene seed not recovered, and then like body recovered, gene seed recovered. So it's like. You, you, through the story, you get to this point where it's like you, you find out where the Templars are taking losses, and at this point, I think there's 35 left yeah. to the temple. Um, I always wondered, how does the apothecary carry all that? I just imagine, like, it says it goes into his arm. He must have, like, he's got, like, 65 gene seeds at this point. Well, it goes, it's, they've got a little vat, so it goes suck and go and get sucked in. And then they in the heresy, they talk about how they take that out. And it goes into storage. So I imagine it's like in the Thunderhawk or something. Like a nice, yeah. little, nice little fridge freezer. That it goes <laughs> yeah. Into. yeah, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. It is, in the story, it makes it things like he's just got them all in his arm. Like yeah. his van brace. Yeah. <laughs> just got loads of like... Sacks. Yeah. Sacks, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. So like, this, I love this scene because it is just absolute carnage. Where it's kind of like... Um, it reminded me of the uh, Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones, where all of the guys, they're just all so stuck together because they're being so assaulted. It's shoulder yeah, to shoulder, like back to back. They? Yeah, it's, so... it's just back to back. Like, you don't even have time to see if the person you've got your back to is a orc or a human. You just have to keep fighting what's in front of you. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so yeah, they're they're fighting in a great. I think the graveyards of the first settlers of the hive, so it's quite important. Yeah, you know, sacred ground, and I think the sisters are not fighting there because they're like, we are here to defend the temple only. So this is just like, like the remains of the Steel Legion and the Templars. Um, yeah, it's pretty brutal. And at this point, so I think we should talk about the squad. So at this point, we had lost. Um, I think we've lost one of our Grimaldus' boys. Who is it? Um, the old one. The older guy. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name now, but um, let's have a quick look. Older guy. What was his name? Do, do, do. Uh, his name was... Cador. Uh, Cador. So we lost Cador quite early on, and... The apothecary takes it really hard, doesn't he? Like, he's like grieving, and Grod is like, "Don't grieve! Like, there's no time to grieve." And he's like, they have this like confrontation, don't they? Where they're like, "Oh, why are you? You know, Grimaldus, you don't have any respect for him." And he's like, "I fought for him, fought with him for two hundred years. Like, I have respect him, and I miss him. But this is no time to grieve at this point. It's like yeah. this whole how Grimaldus has to act and how Apothecary is acting. It's good to contrast, I thought, because you don't see, usually see a space marine grieving for one of his no, brothers that much. No, he grieves a lot. He's really miserable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Primus goes, doesn't he say something that's like, oh, well, you, you, I would be upset as well because he didn't die well. He died with wounds in his back and you're like, mate, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing salt in wound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, they all just start getting hacked to pieces by orcs, don't they? Like, Spears through them. I think. Um, I think the last one to be standing is. Is it Primus? Yes. Yeah, so with, with we have the Emperor's champion Bilal. He he dies. He his arm gets cut off and the sword drops. And then Primus takes the sword and then 
there's a lull in the battle and Grimaldus is like you're the champion now like you you have the right because you're a sword master you are basically the emperor's champion in this crusade now and but then he he does die as well so yeah. yeah and if i remember correctly like one minute he's got his back to primus and they're fighting and then Grimaldus is like beating an orc to death with the chain around his hand because he's lost his plasma pistol and his crozius is fuck knows where and he turns yeah. around and like 10 seconds before Primus was fighting and now he's just in two pieces and I think um, uh, the the apothecary Navara I think he doesn't he get lifted in the air on, on yeah, spears yeah he's like speared and, but he drags he pulls it through him like that whole that whole it's in lots of movies isn't it where he like he's impaled and like like lurts and yeah and, yeah where he gets pulled along the spear yeah and, and he, I think he pulls he pulls it along him to get to the orc to kill it. Yeah. yeah, he gets close enough to just punch it in the face repeatedly until it dies, and then he gets hacked to pieces as well. Yeah. Yeah, and um, then... Baslan. So, yeah, yeah. Gone. Yeah, who else? Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, they all die. I mean, like, the Doc Master, he's seen in pieces on the floor later. Yeah, they're all fucking... It's just, it's just like... I just imagine they're going it's all slow motion, and you just see, like... Oh, bodies on the floor and every character you know is like, oh my god, he's dead. It's a really well done thing because when you think about how Space Marines fight Space Marines, it's lots of like instant impact kills like to the neck and to the you know, under the armour and stuff like that. But the way AEDB's written the Orcs is very visceral and like gross because Orcs are very choppy. They're not stabby or instant kill. They're like, cut your limb off, cut your limb off, cut your head off, like... So there's a lot of that in this, where bodies are just in pieces. Have you noticed? That, that doesn't come across yeah, in other yeah. stories. It's, he's really dialed up this. The orcs are really brutal, and their weapons are really efficient at cutting stuff up. So just that one axe just can cut a space ring clean down the middle. It's fucking grim. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of like zombies. Like this is, They're kind of like the zombies in The Walking Dead, where they're the background. They're not really part of the story. They're just... Yeah, what no. drives pushes the story forward, but they're yeah. not really they're not really a character. Yeah, they're there's just... no there's no orc characters. There's no yeah, there's no. I, mean, I guess the closest is the Godbreaker, as yeah. a as a named thing. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so it ends up with um, Grimaldus and um, uh, what's his face. Um, duh, 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 duh. Grimaldus and Andre. Andre's like on top of some rocks surrounded by dead orcs and he's like he chucks his gun on the floor and doesn't he just pull a knife out? He's yeah, like, Yeah, hey, what a time yeah. today, eh? Like he just has some funny little quip and Grimaldus is like, Right, this is us. But then at the same time, what causes the building to shake? Um, well, yeah, so our boy Drizian is you know, tootling along, they're you know, doing about two miles an hour, and there's giant cannon. Choo choo! Um, yeah, and all the titans that didn't die, they've left the city because Zaha has died. So they're like, well, ah, uh, we no longer have to keep our oath because she made it. So they they're legging it basically, and um, they encounter Jerizian, and they basically like point point all their titan guns at him, and he's like, he makes he makes a deal with them where he's like, I'm. I want to, I want to kill Godbreaker. I'm going to use this gun, and I'll, but I'll fire it once, and then I'll come with you, and we'll get it all sanctified by the when the Admech arrive, and we'll use it to, to 
with the rest of your legion. You can take control of it, basically, but yeah, yeah. you've got to let me have this one shot at Godbreaker. And they're like, okay, that, that makes sense. You know, they want revenge for the death of um, their princeps. Yeah. So they, he, basically, it's the only bit of the story I don't particularly like because it's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> like, you've gone through this whole story of him waking it up and everything, and you're like, oh, maybe it won't work or something. And he literally just comes into the city and. Um, the Reaver Titan like basically runs at Godbreaker and holds it in place, and then he just shoots it and blows it up. And he's yeah. like, "Cool, see ya." Yeah. <laughs> Job done. But I mean, yeah. that, that's that's how hilarious it is. It was so easy to kill. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's a big gun. I give you that. That's that's my only downside of the story. It was like that was a bit anti-climatic for me. It was like, okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, all done. Hmm. So I maybe like is that would what help? Sorry, go on. Defend Grimaldus with it, or like, yeah. you no, know, blow up more orcs. But no, he's literally like, see ya. <laughs> Is that what causes the the collapse of the cathedral? I think so. I think Godbreak almost falls on it, or something like yeah. that. So the story, the 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 war in Hell's Reach ends with the cathedral falling on top of Grimaldus and our um our, 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 our I forgot his name now. Andre. Andre. Um, yeah, it falls on everyone. Basically. It falls on everyone, but. They're like the last two survivors in there. Um, and then it does just cut, doesn't it, to however yeah. many weeks later. Um, so we find out, yeah, we find out Grimaldus. It's literally him and Andre are the only survivors from the cathedral. There's some of the civilians survived underneath that priest who escaped the Titan. He's, he lives, I believe. Yeah, I think the Major does as well. Major Wycan. Yeah, he Tyro. does. He like, lost half his face. Yeah, Adept yeah, Tyro, she survives. Yeah. Um, but we find out that Grimaldus literally by sheer will and a bit of help from his power armor, he literally like drags himself from the rubble. And um, at this point, the fleet, of, the orbital fleet have come back and they've defeated the orcs in orbit. So now they're, la- they're like landing reinforcements across the whole planet. So, yeah. yeah so there's... So it's time to turn, basically. Like they've defended the city long enough and actually held the orcs across the entire planet, and then they're turning the tide. Just, just. Yeah. Um, and it, he. Sorry, go on. I was going to say this is where this is where the bits of the model come in now. Like you see those serpents with Grimaldus. Yeah. This is where they come from. I yeah, don't know yeah. if you want to. Yeah. So, so the Grimaldus model has. Uh, they've got a funny name. They are called. Uh, uh, Cenobite servitors, or is it Cenobite? Yeah. Um, Cenobite servitors, and they all carry relics of the cathedral. So, like, um, big bits of masonry, um, banners with, like, the bones of survivors, uh, sorry, of of, of people that died. Like, just as, I guess it's a badge of honour. He does have a quote, I can't remember what it is, but he kind of. He brought them to them as a gift, didn't he? Like, these are yours. And they go, no, you have them. Like, you yeah. take them. They're I think once the book, like, all the original Hell's Reach um, people who first landed and, like, built the city, there's a book with all their names in. And I think he saves that and he, like, gives it back to them. And they're like, no, you're the hero of Hell's Reach. You, you should carry them as a symbol of, I guess, luck. They're, like, called lucky charms, I guess, you know? But it's yeah. cool. That's, I mean, that ties in with the models and them and being that. It's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's fucking right. rad. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, but the, mo- the model is before the story, right? 
Do you know what? I don't know. I actually don't know. Because the model's really old. It's kind of, that's in resin, and metal and then resin, so ah. it's not a new model. Yeah, do you know what? I don't no. know. There's every likelihood that it existed before the book, and he just fitted that in. Because I remember reading the character in the Codex, the old Codex, and it said that he survived from a building falling on top of him. Yeah, yeah. There was an outline of the story, wasn't there? Was before, and ATP just sort of fleshed it out to be a... Yeah, yeah. You could be right. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to find that know. out. Yeah, if, yeah, any listeners, definitely let us know. Um, that's kind of the end of the book. I'm pretty sure there's a really good quote at the end it's kind of like the the closing part which is when he um it's to do with him remembering um his mentor mordred where his i think his mentor had a quote which is like um we are judged in life for the evil we destroy and and, um and i think that like sets up how grimaldus felt at the beginning is very nihilistic you know, very miserable, very much just fight, fight, fight. But everything he went through at Hell's Reach has like brought him out the other side, and he can see the value in humanity. And the last quote is really, really good, um, where he he's talking to everyone around him, like um, Andre's there, and like the Major Riken and Adat Ty- Tyro, they're all there. His quote is, um, "We are judged in life for the evil we destroy. It is a bleak truth that there is nothing but blood awaiting us out there in the spaces between the stars." But the Emperor sees all that transpires in his domain, and we are judged equally for the illumination we bring to the blackest nights. We are judged in life for those moments we spill light into the darkest reaches of his Imperium. That is such a like positive thing, like it's yeah. so it's it's such a it, you know his 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 mentor was saying we're judged in life by the evil we destroy. He's saying, but it's more than that. Like not only is it that it's it's bringing light to the darkest reaches. It's being there to to push the tide back when you need to. And I I think that's a lot le- less nihilistic and a lot less miserable. It's a lot more optimistic. Um, so that's nice. It shows, like, growth. We love character development. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, as I said, the ending is really short and a bit anticlimactic. But, yeah, the end, like, Kim's, his another great speech, yeah, it sort of adds adds the ending of the story like kind of makes up for it a bit yeah yeah and there's a really nice quote that shows how much he gives a shit about what happened where um i think it's the last line where he says um hero of hell's reach the crowd cheers as if there is only one so like that's him really almost that guilt trip thing again where he feels bad that um he's getting the plaudits um there's a lot more than just him involved in what happened so i think it's really yeah it's really great it's a fantastic story. I absolutely love it. ADB very rarely misses the mark. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of his best. I mean, it's the Night Lords books we looked at. I think I know there's three of them. I think, but I think the supporting Space Marine characters are better in those than this. Yeah. It's literally very much just Grimaldus and the human side. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think you're right. His squad aren't fleshed out very well in this book. That's my only another criticism. But yeah, I think you, I agree. You don't really notice because Grimaldus and Steel Legion characters are, are really good. That it makes up for it. Yeah, I think maybe it's intentional because it's a Grimaldus story. Whereas um, the Night Lords trilogy, I don't know if it is a um, Talos story. Do you know what I mean? Talos is the main yes. character, but actually, there's so many cool narratives going on in those. Whereas this is very much Grimaldus. This is about his development and his growth. 
Um, yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, so maybe too many Space Marines would distract from that. Who knows? I, I can't write. Um, cool. So, excellent. We're, that's another episode done, Jamie. Um, so, I guess next steps, I guess we're um, hoping to get our next book in with our, our guest once we finally pin that down. It's been very difficult due to time differences. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, cool. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode. Um, you can catch us on all of the social medias. Um and yeah, I think that's it, Jamie. Anything else from you? Um, no, as I say, if you've not, I mean, if you've read the book, I suggest you go back and listen to the audio book because it's a bit of a different experience, I think. So it's great. And if you've not seen the YouTube series, so the animated one, um, that's really good as well. Yeah, do that. Yeah, uh, what rock are you living under if you haven't seen that yet? Come on, guys. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Wicked. Um, thanks for listening. Um, we are The Great Rift, and see you next episode. Bye.